Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today is the day. Today. Oh, are we making you yawn? Is that what's going on? Maddie Richard's in the middle of a huge tonsil thrusting yawn. I can see her tonsils. It's the professionalism of this show. That's driving me crazy. No, really? I'm trying to keep a show together. I noticed. And all I get when I get here, so excited to talk about, we have an incredible lineup today, to talk about step parenting. And all I get instead is, all I, all I hear is about a date between James and Maddie Richard. And what a date it was. Was it a great date? We didn't even want to tell you. You asked, Matt. We set up. We we gave you a challenge, James, that you would ask old Maddie, old oh, wow. crumbly old well, Maddie. That came out of the box. Um, you'd ask her out on a date, and you, you did that willingly. Yep. And then you took her to Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Yep. Okay. The Garden of Olives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I took my now wife there the night I proposed to her. FYI. <gasps> Oh, so you proposed no, at the Olive Garden? that was the night, but like the, I went there and then later that night I did, but That's that was right. like the dinner night. That was the dinner. So you guys are kind of heading in the right direction. Well, yeah. I think we're Just making so you know. great headway. Yeah. And yep. talk about the date for a minute. Well, did, I mean, cause I knew I smelled garlic. So I thought <laughs> it has to be well, you when too. she yawned, well, did you yeah, get that smell of breath all, wafting? Up yeah. The- Let me just clarify <laughs> to you all. Yeah. James and I have been wanting to go on a date for a long time because we're in love. And really? Yeah. You're already saying the L word? That's the first step, isn't it? Actually, it's about the fourth step. Mm-hmm. You just jump three steps. Well, when it's love, steps don't matter. Yeah. By the way, brought to you by the Doctor of Passion. <laughs> See, he has a PhD in passion. We yeah. Need to wait for love. So the date went well. You guys, what'd yeah, you talk great. about? Did you talk about me? Did you talk about the show? Did you talk about um, life? We talked about really important, really deep stuff for a while. And then we talked about you and all the things that drove us crazy about you. So that mm-hmm. was really fun. Sounds good. Um, so I made it on the date. Well, yeah. And so un- unfortunately, because as we learned from yesterday's show, <laughs> that you kill romance. Yeah, so. totally true. <laughs> so yeah, that, and that kind was, of killed the Was romance, that my wife? Did my wife call that in? No, it was Brooke. It was Brooke. Yeah, Brooke. Yeah, I've killed a lot of romance for a lot of people. But yours was romantic. Yeah, until we started talking about you. And then and after then you talked about me. talking about you. Uh, did, we, did we, you know, is this going to go, are we going to do this again? We, I'm saying we as a, as a team. <laughs> what, do what again? The, are we going to have another date? As a team? Well, I mean, no. <laughs> we're always talking about it as a team. Oh, well, we're actually going to have the retreat uh, this weekend. Yeah, um, you guys are, okay? Yeah, the team treat, uh, re- the retreat. The team retreat. Yeah. I, I don't think I was invited. I didn't get a memo on that. Well, that was on purpose. Okay, okay, that's fine. Just as long as you're all here Monday. <laughs> Just as long as you stay out of the, the living room, because it is going to be at your house. Oh, we're doing the retreat at my house. Yeah, but, but you're not invited. You're not invited. Yeah, I don't think I'll even be at my house, so Perfect. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So, but do we just need, are we going to, are you going to marry her or what? 
I'll give you updates as it goes. Okay. Okay. There is a ring involved for those listening. She did. She got a ring. Not um, the nicest. He gave her a ring. It's okay. Interesting thing, though, he couldn't even describe the ring that he gave her. I couldn't. What, what did you Until want to know? It's, piped it was up a and started... ring that has a gem in it. It's rose gold. What more do you would you want to know? Uh, what's the gem? The gem is cubic zirconium. Uh, lucky course. charms. <laughs> okay, but it's high quality cubic zirconium, it's and a it's a Pokemon charm. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. Your your wife's ring's a Pokemon, right? <laughs> well, that was the fake one. Then you know, got to get the real one, right? You know, I think maybe James and I should just keep our relationship off the air because you, you know what? Really mean about I think it. I think you're right. Yeah, so I don't know just, what it is. It just, just I just to totally air. lost it's interest fun, it's in your relationship though. because it's just creepy. It makes you want to. Hurl a little bit. Too. Well, what it is, let me just tell you. Most relationships fail. And how many times has James had a girlfriend and it didn't work out? Oh my god! Oh, the ball was wow, wow. I mean, was, and I'm not that. just saying James. No, no, no. that's that's. And I, that's but Maddie too, because here's the reality. James, as in all males. Right? No, 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 no. Oh, everybody's okay. relationships fail until you get married. Then okay. that might work, and then only half of those work. So that's what I was saying is everybody's relationships fell. That is why you kill romance. That right there is the reason why you That's just you that's kill not romance. that but that's not an opinion. See, that's just factual. Or no. we'd marry everyone we date. I did I did. What? What? <laughs> Are you married? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So so James has had other friends and girlfriends and they they're not with him anymore. Right? right? Maddie, she's dated thousands. <laughs> and they're not with her anymore. Yeah. And so the reality is all these relationships die. That's why today's topic is about step parenting. Sure. Because eventually a lot of people divorce. Mm. Right? And those are the ones that actually loved each other enough to get married. Right? That's all I was saying. It makes sense now. Okay. So you guys still have Big hope. Big analogy. You have hope. Yeah, we do. I mean, a little. It's, there's hope. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, here's the deal. Aaron's been doing some research on step-parents. Yeah. And yeah, in fact, I think he, he, he captured some audio. I did. Uh, this is probably the best example of step-parenting right here. So the the or, best worst example? I think it's the best. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's hear it. There's the large carpet in the main hall. Clean it. And the windows upstairs and down. Wash them. Oh, yes. And the tapestries and the draperies. But I just fit. Do them again. And don't forget the garden. Then scrub the terrace, sweep the halls and the stairs, clean the chimneys. And, of course, there's the mending and the sewing and the laundry. Whoa. Well, there you have it. She's That's mean. a good stepmom, right? Is, well, I don't know if that's a good oh. one. But that is the prototypical steps mother cinderella's cinderella's stepmom. stepmom so you is, have that and is is there another one we'll probably talk about it later in the show but there's stepmoms who get this rap or step parents for that matter for being evil yeah and why why just because probably because of the movies but maybe also because it's hard to become into a family oh yeah and have the biological parents be the ones who are controlling everything and then oh there's this new face well and, so and, how if, you you, th- and if you think about it the stepmother's the scary one when you're underdeveloped anyway. So when I'm a when I'm a child that's underdeveloped, I don't understand her role, I don't understand who she is, she's trying to replace my mom. So I'm going to naturally not necessarily right. feel positive. Okay. And so dealing with uh kids like you just said is a different thing than with teens, for example. And the research I did from remarriage dot com, kind of a funny name for a website, but 
kind of appropriate too. With teens, step parents really should just step away from what I was reading and let the biological parents do the disciplining yeah. because they're not going to have that tie from when they were kids. Right. And, and just be the just be nice, be mm-hmm. helpful, be caring, be loving, but maybe not. Don't be disciplining. Uh huh. And the yeah. thing I thought was really cool was it, it said a close relationship between the teen and the step parent is not essential for a functional family. As long a as close a close relationship, that's clo- great. Because the biological parent can just ca- carry the reins in that aspect until there's a bond formed, which takes patience. Yeah, and so, you'll know when they're letting you in because they'll let you in. Uh huh. You'll start being get, you'll get closer because they're willing to talk to you. They're willing to open up to you. Right. But it, that's an interesting little fact that you don't. It's not essential. No, which I was like, really? And so forcing your way in, like forcing a ring on the girl you just took on your first date. It's just not going to work. It's probably not going to work, but it's a good try, a good effort. What if What if so the ring patience. wasn't forced, but the ring was actually uh, brought rings. to the relationship uh, by the female? <laughs> and the male never um, even bought the ring. It was just, and then that became the story. I think you should run, run to the hills. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about just hypothetically. That's really good. Because I actually did get the ring from oh. Maddie. You, that, you got it yeah, from Maddie. I wasn't talking no, no, about no, you no, guys. For Maddie. Oh, you got it for Maddie. Yeah, yeah. That, her bringing the ring to the to the date wasn't our situation. That's that's yeah, not yeah, what that's happened, right, of that's course. right, right, right. Because yeah. that's the same ring I saw in Maddie's hand on Monday. No, I don't think you've ever looked at my hand. Oh, I have. You have that's really How could you not look at those hands? You guys got pedicures together, right? Or manicures? That's, that's the, excuse me. That's our next excuse me. Date. I was yeah manicures. Um, <laughs> that is derailed. Okay. Anyway, so st- step parenting. Step parenting. It's, it's it's not easy, but you know it's important. So it's the patience, and you really need to support the biological parent. That's what I learned. Yeah. But don't be forceful. Yeah. You really can't force anything in a relationship. No. Not even try. Not even marriage, Maddie. Not even marriage. <sighs> Awkward silence. Um. Here's the deal. On the show today, Dr. Kevin Schaefer is going to be joining us. Kevin is. An expert in fathering and step families, stepfathers. So if you're out there and you're in a blended family, if you have friends that uh, are in a step family situation, family, neighbors, kids, grandkids, whatever you got, get them close. Listen up. We've got an expert in the house to teach us about step parenting, how to kind of, you know, manage some of the stereotypes, how to work it a little healthier. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back with Dr. Kevin Schaefer talking step parenting today right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about step families, and you know, huge—it's a big part of our uh, of our of our families. And a lot of times, we spend more time on people getting married. We spend more time on couples dating and pretending to give fake rings, stuff like that on the show. But what we want to do is get to the real nuts and bolts of it all. So we brought on Dr. Kevin Schaefer, uh, who is an assistant professor in the Department of uh, Social—is it Social Work? Social Work, yeah. Here at Brigham Young University. He is a PhD from Ohio State University, and his research interests include couple relationships in remarriage and step families, 
fathering and step families, um, which are stepfathers, non-residential biological fathers, and then also how mental health affects and is affected by romantic relationships. He really gets into everything. In social work, you can pretty much hit every family issue on it, earth. Yeah, it's a catch-all. It That's is. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's so good to have you here, Kevin. Uh, in my business, kind of working with couples, teaching them how to talk and stuff, I see a ton of remarriage. And the number one thing, I mean, blended families, co-parenting, dealing with exes, I mean, it really makes the, the remarriage, if you have kids, it makes it a, it, it makes it a hard marriage. It, so talk to us. It is a second marriage, does it really have a lower success rate than first marriages? Because that's one of the stats we're always hearing out there. It does, yeah. So um, the stats on first marriage, um, the popular one is, is about half, Roughly, yeah, 50%. Yeah, about 50% yeah. Uh, fail. It's actually a little bit less than yeah, that now, yeah. um, um, primarily because people are cohabiting with right. one another and uh, those relationships don't make it to, to marriage sometimes. Um, if they're remarrying, uh, six in ten fail. Sixty percent. And if they have kids, um, it's seventy-five percent failure rate. Are you kidding? Oh, that's worse than I ever thought. Yeah, it's it's not. Uh, it's it's quite bad. So with kids, about a seventy-five percent failure rate. And um, in a second marriage, and that's interesting because we sit there and we think, well, the first one was just messed up, so I'll just go sure find another one. Sure. But, there, but you can even have a great partnership. But, I mean, even a 60% failure rate of just a marriage, a second marriage, 75% failure rate with children on board, I guess that's because that adds more complexity. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So um, with children, uh, there are a lot of, of new roles and boundaries that people have to negotiate. So if you think about uh, a first marriage, that's a fairly normative relationship. Yeah. We, we know how to do that kind of, right? Right, I mean, right. Not very well because half of them fail. But, right. But uh, but we we ha- sort of have a model um, to look at for those. Um, now you throw into the mix um, one parent is a biological parent, one parent's not. Um, there could be another uh, parent who's non-residential uh-huh. that gets involved. That non-residential parent could be married to someone else That's as right. well. So you're, it's almost like you're quadrupling potential impact because there's right. now four times the amount of decision makers in-laws, step-parents, scheduling issues. Right. Yeah, exactly. So all of that has to be negotiated um, with uh, with the family members. So that, yeah. that is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Does it matter if you were divorced in your first marriage or if there was a death? Does that matter? Um, it does a little bit. So um, what we found is that uh, if there is a – if someone's widowed, um, typically those uh, relationships do a little bit better. Do they? Um, of course, there's also um, the factor that most people are a little bit older um, mm, when, they, when they are following up widowhood. But even the kids do better in, uh, in families where a, a parent has died okay. than in, in the that, divorced family. But that doesn't mean – yeah, you need to kill anybody. To get better odds. I, I, I am not advocating. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I can just hear a lot of my clients saying, oh, okay. Well, if that's going to help. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we don't see a spike in your... Uh, <laughs> that interesting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we... And I, I also, I remember just from some of my own research that, you know, marriage is still kind of universally one of the biggest risks that we all agree to take. Sure. Kind of worldwide. Sure. That's like 85% of humans marry right. on the globe. Right. 80 to 
And yet, and then we all remarry too. I mean, so we're going to remarry. It's a very high remarriage rate, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. So what is the? So it, we're not good at it. The signs aren't there. It's super complicated. Yet we all keep jumping into it. Are we just hopeful? What is yeah. it? What is so, it? Are we needy? Uh, Americans, what is it? Americans love marriage. Yeah. Um, so our remarriage rate is the highest in the world. Oh, is it really? Uh, by, by far. Um, I, I don't know if it's maybe we're a little more traditional society yeah. than other Western um, societies, other countries like our, ours, our own. Um, but we are the, the highest remarriers. And um, I think we often make the same mistakes yeah. in remarriages that we make in first marriages. So, Can you learn? I mean, I don't know that I've seen a lot of – even in my own business – I have a lot of clients that say, "Do a step parenting class or do a do a blended family class." Um, have you have you done any research on your ability and your and learning skills and tools to help you through remarriage? I'm assuming that would help. Yeah, so there are there are some things that um, that we've learned and I've learned with uh, with co authors um, as well on those studies um, about what makes a successful remarriage. Um, I think the the first thing um, that is really important to remember is that um, a remarried family, particularly if they have kids, it's not going to go well from the start. Right. We we have very high expectations yeah. that this is just going to be like the Brady Bunch. I, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. I, I mean. I was thinking about this earlier today about how the Brady Bunch is this just fantasy world that right. that and, uh, and it actually was. Was. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it did have astroturf grass. That's so, true. Yeah. And they did have Alice. That, I well, mean, who has an Alice right. around the house? That might help. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, I think if you go in with the, the proper expectations, that yeah. helps a lot. And I think if you go in and you talk about what the ground rules of the family are going to be, and you get um, everybody's input, assuming that they're old enough mm-hmm. to provide input, um, that that's going to be tremendously beneficial. Uh, to your relationship, yeah, because everybody knows what the boundaries are going to be. Everybody knows sort of what the expectations are, um, and I think sometimes we just go in and don't do that. In fact, there was a, a study recently that came out that said um, about seventy-five percent of uh, remarried couples don't talk about parenting before they. Oh, are you kidding? Before they get married, and uh, that's like the and that's probably that is that'll that'll increase your divorce rate by. 50, or yeah, your divorce rate by 15 percent, just simply by having kids. So you ought to be talking about that before you're remarrying. Absolutely, but you're still talking in a vacuum, right? Like, oh, and then hypothetically, I would handle it this way. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think those things are things that have to be negotiated and, yeah. and renegotiated over and over and over again. That's crazy. I mean, it it seems like the I mean, you can automatically or obviously be in love, mm-hmm. but then to me, it's always been weird. I don't know. The minute I – if I'm already like not liking my stepkid's father because they they hurt the mother sure. and that's why we're in this situation. And so every time I see that kid, I could see my anger might be directed toward the kid when it's really toward the ex or – I mean I see that a lot in my own clients. Yeah, absolutely. So we um, we did some research um, with some data that, that actually comes here from BYU um, across the country um, with, with couples who are remarried and we looked at – Issues like step parenting um, and issues like contact with the ex-spouse. And we found that um, that has a tremendously negative impact on how satisfied people felt oh, really? and how stable they felt in their in their marriages. Yeah. Um, and the communicate – but 
uh, very solid communication was one thing that sort of what we would call mediated that relationship. In other yeah. words, um, if if couples were communicating with one with one another and they felt like they could um, talk openly and honestly with one another, that that got rid of a lot of the effect of hmm. the ex spouse relationship. Yeah, because it's really hard to to get rid of an ex spouse, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> legally, you can't. <laughs> well, you know, there's going to be financial right. ties. Oh. There's going to be things like that. that every just... party, every game, every decision. I mean, they're still legal. They're still legal advisors. They have legal rights to their children. Absolutely. And it doesn't go away, even if they're a deadbeat, even mm-hmm. if they're a jerk. It's not going away. Absolutely correct. Right. So, oh, so yeah. how do you deal with those? That's why you sorts have to get, I guess, adept at communicating and. And in all ways, and probably even letting stuff go. like Absolutely, yeah. Because I've had couples where, you know, one person really wanted the divorce. They ended up divorcing. And then that tag-along ex-husband would use every way he could to keep trying to get back in the life. You have to be smart. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, one thing I would say um, here is that, you know, I, I've talked to people who – who are getting remarried. Um, it's pretty common when somebody finds out that you yeah. study step families and, and remarriage. I bet they, they have a million questions <laughs> they ask and you a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, but one of the first things I ask them is, so how hurt are you from your previous relationships? Yeah. Though? Like what's your pain threat? Yeah. Right. Because um, if you're taking that into your new relationship, uh. I feel like you're sabotaging that relationship yeah. before it even gets started. Well, and yeah, your lack of trust, your lack of appreciation, all this, that baggage has to be depleted before you get on sure, the next plane. Sure, And And I think it's completely natural for um, a, a divorced person to compare their new spouse to their previous spouse. Sure. Well, you know, that guy used to do this yeah. thing too, and that annoyed me then, and it makes me really angry now. Absolutely. Um, is a is a huge oh. issue. But um in in overall if the if the marriage is healthy, a second marriage is healthy, I guess that's still very positive for the kids to be raised in a healthy remarried family if it's healthy. Absolutely. So I, I mean I think one of the things that we think about is and and this is pretty common in the research that step families are at a deficit compared to yeah. other families. And there are lots of successful step families out there, which yeah. is one thing that we've so tried to study and identify what those things okay. are that That's huge. That do that. Well, well, let's take a break. When we come back, I'd love to get into um, what that looks like. So what a healthy step family looks like. We're going to continue this discussion with Dr. Kevin Schaefer from the uh, Department of Social Work here at Brigham Young University. More on uh, healthy step parenting and Healthy Step Families when we come back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about step families, step parenting, remarriage. Uh, before the break, we were talking about how how seventy five percent of couples that remarry with children will end in divorce. Correct. Which is it, that really is a big number um, because forty really it's like forty eight percent, forty seven. What is the number for first marriages? Today, really, it's like about a 45, 40, it's about 45%, it's a 45% yeah. divorce rate, which is mm-hmm. better than most think. 
Some of that's right. just because we're just kind of moving where what we're doing with marriage. Mm-hmm. Some are cohabitating, and but so kids tend to impact. And earlier we played a clip from uh, Disney, Cinderella, right? The Wicked Stepmother, and right. and so some of this. That's really what I would love to figure out because step parents get a seriously bad rap. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, there's no doubt about that. And it's not. It's. I mean, if you're going to treat someone like they were treating Cinderella, come on. Sure. That's just wrong. You should get a bad rap for doing <laughs> sure. that, yeah. But step-parent or no. That's, yeah. <laughs> what does the research say about Cinderella? <laughs> um, so talk about step-parenting with this. What is it What is it that really creates this divide? Why are we – I mean, this is still somebody that loves the family enough to be a part of it. Why, why do they get such a bad rap? And sure. what should they be doing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really a thankless – a thankless yeah. job that we're asking step parents to do, and I think that uh, that the the Disney sort of mindset of the wicked wicked stepmother, or uh, you know, uh, there's other movies out there that show like the abusive stepfather, sure, and he, right. he changes as soon as mom and stepdad get yeah. married, that sort of thing. I mean, th- that's certainly those cases exist, but they're actually you know pretty rare. Right. Um, I think most stepdads and, and stepmoms are are doing what. Their best They're as they can, to, yeah, yeah. And uh, but nobody, as we were talking about earlier, nobody tells a step parent how to act yeah. or how to 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 be a good step parent. That's right. So um, there was a study out of the University of Florida that said um, that they asked uh, stepdads, "So what do you think your role is? So tell me what your what, what do you, you think a stepdad should is. be?" Yeah, and. Uh, the most common answers were a really good friend or a cool uncle. Oh, interesting. And so <laughs> – yeah. um, and – but that's not the necessarily the expectation the kids have. That's not necessarily the expectation that mom has right. of the stepdad. And so because of that dynamic, I think that kids have certain expectations. The you know the other adult has certain expectations and I think it's just a and we don't scenario talk about that's – and we don't talk about it. And it's a scenario that's uh, that's really difficult uh, to to wade through. But I mean, like, if if I knew I was just supposed to be a really good uncle, that's such an easier role than me thinking I also have to discipline. Right. I also have to, you know, whatever. Keep all. I don't know. It's just the weird. Not not the weird uncle. But the uh, the <laughs> nobody needs a weird uncle. But it's I guess part of this is just delineating the role. And is there a proper role? I mean, when you think about a, so, heaven forbid you ever were in the situation where you were going to go be a step parent. If that was your mm-hmm. role now, what what would you go about doing? How would you think about it? And what expectation would should we be setting up? Sure. So um, there's really not a lot of of data on this issue, and so because there's not a lot of data. Uh, myself and some colleagues here from BYU and University of North Carolina, uh, we decided that we wanted to answer that question. The best way to do it was to ask people, people. what that role was. That's and great. so we wanted to get uh, the perspective of the kids. So people who grew up in step families, what what should a uh, what should a good step parent look like? And uh, their response is someone who is loving and someone who is supportive of me who comes to my activities, who mm. comes to, um, you know, my games or, or whatever it might be, the play, the musical, and and supporting me and is cheering me on. And I want them there at graduation and my wedding and things like that. But at least initially, I don't really see them as a legitimate 
authority figure in the household. So don't tell me what the rules are and don't uh, try to change my family culture. Yeah. And I think that's a really huge issue that we don't talk a lot about is, um, you know, when my wife and I got married, we had a discussion about what our family culture would look like. And, uh, you know, we knew we were blending uh, two families. Uh, You know, we came from families of origin that that did things in very different ways. We had that discussion. And I don't think that step families really have that discussion because you have people who have families of origin. They might have previous relationships. Yeah. Those kids are used to a certain fa- kind of family culture and now there's a new person in here that's well, trying to change it. How do you do that if all of a sudden you have – if you're going to blend families, so you have three kids on one side, two kids on the other, mm-hmm. and that's going to be two separate cultures. Mm-hmm. So I could see that you could come almost assimilate into your spouse's culture, family sure. culture. But the minute you have to blend these two cultures, like how come you how come the Joneses don't have to eat this, but we always have to eat this? <laughs> I mean, I've had people divorce over whether you can have seconds. <laughs> because in one family culture you didn't have seconds. Right, yeah. And in the other family culture you could have seconds. Sure. On your meal. Um I'm not sure that we have to have a that. Yeah. Maybe we do need to have that discussion. I mean, that's like intense. I'm <laughs> that's thinking, a pretty, that's pretty uh, low level. You know, that's yeah. uh, pretty well, micro that, stuff. That wasn't the real yeah. issue, right? That's sure. just what presented. Yeah. yeah, that's how it presented itself. But um, I, I think I think that like we were saying earlier, I mean, communication and talking through these things is so important. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's a discussion that, that, uh, that the adults have, but they don't include the kids. Mm-hmm. And they don't ask the kids like what? What do you expect from the new stepdad or stepmom? Yeah. Um, and one of the things that uh, is out there is, you know, so stepdads want to be the, the cool uncle or they think they should be the cool right. uncle. And stepmoms think um, that they're just the new mom. Yeah. And sometimes they're saddled with that um, that expectation. So you're going to be the caregiver. You're going to cook our meals and, and things and things like that that are, uh, you know, fairly traditional roles. Um, for moms to take on. Um, and again, it's, it's, why is that? The, you know, that's, that's right. not the expectation. We didn't have that discussion. No. And um, but that was interesting because your study was ta- you were asking the kids mm-hmm. what their expectations, were, what their desires were. Right. And it was loving, supportive. Come to my activities. Cheer me on. Graduate. Help be at graduation. Be, but you're not necessarily a legitimate, uh, you know, enforcer. Your right. rules are not necessarily legitimate to me. Right. So that's very kind of pro-child, right? <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> From right. the child's sure. view. And because I sure. sit there and I think, if you took Cinderella, the evil stepmother in Cinderella, and you softened her voice, mm-hmm. and you had her say please before that list, and right. you knew she was dealing with a child that w- ignores her, mm-hmm. that list being repeated and repeated could just sound like any mother. Right. But, exactly. then, but then that gets into a weird dynamic because if I don't want you to tell mm-hmm. me and you're not my mother, yeah. then no matter what it's going to be, you're going to reach the negative side of yeah. my spectrum. Yeah. I mean I think, I think what, our, what our kids were telling us was that they didn't like the idea of mo- a stepmom or stepdad coming in and just um, imposing yeah, their rule on, on them as opposed to sitting down and having this conversation that this is what – the family rules are going to be. And me as the biological parent, I'm going to support stepdad or stepmom and stepdad or or stepmom's going to report, uh, is going to support biological mom or dad. Yeah. Um, So, I I mean, I think having that, 
I feel like I'm saying, you know, saying communicate a lot, but we're not doing it. No, obviously. no, that's the, that's the key, huh? We just don't yeah, do it, right? And instead, we just kind of maybe just react. We do what's normal. So if what's normal is to put the kids in line, the minute you as a step are starting to put the kids in line, mm-hmm. you're going to have blowback. <laughs> you're sure. going to have a problem, right? And well, again, again, I think we use that that first marriage uh-huh. as our our sort of foundation. Yeah. For what it should look like. And and me as a dad, I tell my kids to do certain things and I um, discipline them mm-hmm. when they get out of line. And, of course, that's what the expectation is going to be because that's, right. that's been the expectation since day one. Yeah. Um, but me, if I'm a stepdad, I'm sort of new in this relationship. And mom has a pre-existing relationship with the kids. Right. And to sort of expect that they're going to see the stepdad in the same way that mom does is – it's sort of, it's faulty logic. Yeah, it is. Well, and it's I guess too. We also developmentally, these kids are learning too. So you're going to pick a child up at four that can't necessarily, and the four year old might really adapt well mm-hmm. to a step, but it's the fourteen year old sure that will hate her. But then that fourteen year old would have had problems with her mother too. Right. So, so the irony is sometimes it's just age specific, which is why I guess maybe there's not always an there's not an equation. There's not a perfect there's do, not. This, do this. It's like oh, yeah. everyone has to be different. Every scenario. Right. And the very difficult thing is is that there was a study um, a couple of years ago that just asked kids how their step families formed, and from that they got seventy eight different ways that it happened. Oh really? Which I've been doing this research for about a decade, yeah. and I still haven't come up with seventy eight unique ways that I could think of of <laughs> yeah. that happening. But, but that's interesting. But that's what they came up with, and and uh, so there's not going to be a hard and fast rule. No. So my parents, for example, um, are remarried, and yeah. I'm I'm the child from that remarriage. But I have a brother who was from my mom's previous yeah. uh, marriage, and he was four years old when my parents got married. Well, my brother sees my dad as his dad as well. Okay, yeah. And and has since Whatever, yeah. day one. That's just the way it, it yeah. worked because at four, he I mean, adapted, that's, yeah. that's who he the needed a dad. father he needed figure a is. Model, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, asking that of a, of a 14 or a 16-year-old, yeah. that's a little, bit, that's a little right. bit different. But that 14 and 16-year-old can give you a lot more feedback than that mm-hmm. four-year-old can. Yeah, they'll give you more lip too, right? They'll give you yeah. more feedback, good or bad. <laughs> I don't know. I have a four-year-old, and I feel like <laughs> that's true. You know, that's so, <laughs> I get enough lip. <laughs> so true. We're talking with Dr. Kevin Schaefer uh, from Brigham Young University. He's an assistant professor here in the Department of Social Work. We are talking um, on the subject here of step parenting. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit more into step siblings. You know how how we can uh, help our kids better engage, better connect, maybe to their step siblings. All things step is what we're talking about on the show today. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about blended families, step families. You know, honestly, there is power. And I I really, truly believe if you can have multiple people raising the family and we're all healthy and we're all on the same page, 
That's great. So if you can have a mom and a dad that choose to divorce and then they both go remarry and create healthy relationships, that's four adults that can watch these kids. It seems better. That's what is that? That's eight grandparents possibly. So the numbers seem positive if we're on the same page. I I, I totally agree with that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of research. What we've been talking about is is sort of the negative stuff. Yeah. Um, and and there is negative stuff, and we should talk about that. But we should also talk about the strengths that step families have, and and one of those is that when they are well adjusted and healthy, those kids usually do just as well as a kid from Any, what we would call a biologically yeah. intact family See, with the biological mom, news. dad, kids. So which says get on your game again. We're talking with Dr. Kevin Schaefer, who's an assistant professor in the Department of Social Work here at Brigham Young University. And again, the, what's interesting to me is how new the research in step families is. I mean, that to me blows my mind. We've been divorcing for, what, 70 years. With, right. I mean, a lot, a higher level over, over the last probably 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's become more normal, I guess. But um, now we're just barely getting on the research and figuring out what we're learning. So if we do it effectively, if we are communicating you can blend an, a family effectively, and it's it can prove to be just as stable, just as strong as any other biological. Absolutely true. Huge. Yeah, absolutely true. We have a caller, um, Derek from Nashville, Tennessee, who had some comments and questions about multiple marriages and divorces. Derek, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you, Derek? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. What's your comment? Uh, I uh, grew up with uh, kind of a unique situation not so unique i guess but i my um mother and father divorced when i was a year old and then both remarried and then my dad divorced again after 20 years and then remarried another lady and through so through those various marriages i have uh one a full sister one uh, two adopted brothers and sisters a half brother and then uh nine uh, uh step siblings yeah so i grew up in that situation i just related a lot to the things that you guys were talking about and i think on the i think what made it successful for me despite all the multiple marriages and divorces and such because i actually eventually at some point even going into my early adulthood ended up living with some of these through these different marriages and such and the key for me i think was just realizing that you know none of this was by choice as far as just kids and right. we were all kind of thrown into this scenario that sometimes worked really well and at some times was was uh, almost horrific at times but um that you know that each person came into this hoping for the best you know and that i realized that you know especially because most of the kids and as far as in the third marriage for my dad they were all younger than me and i was by then in my 20s and just that you know, they were all people too, and they were all searching for happiness, sure. and they were all wanting the best. And uh, are you, you still know, close with I, them? Do you still talk with them, Derek? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I uh, I, I now live in Tennessee, but I've got some in Utah and some in Indiana. And uh, but yeah, we text and talk and and uh, you know email or you know whatever. But yeah, it, the key has just really been realizing that, you know, everybody wanted the same thing. Everyone wanted to be happy and wanted to form some semblance of a family. And and, uh, that we all cared about each other. And the main thing was really having to make the effort was, which was, even though we lived, some of us, several hundred miles away from each other, that we had to 
really make the conscious effort to make those relationships and and to develop those relationships and you know despite sometimes there being you know age differences of 10 15 you know almost 20 years in one in one of the scenarios that you know, it, it just I, it was just a, it just took a lot of effort yeah. but the, the, in the end it really paid off a lot and I and I'm very appreciative of that and it's helped me a lot as a father myself that's i think i think you couldn't have a better um you know i guess testimonial derek because when you think about it it, it's it's work and um but it's also like because he was saying kevin that it's it paid off so it almost doesn't matter how it comes together i mean it'd be great if it could all fall in the ideal right but it doesn't and we're all trying our best but like you're saying we need a lot of caring we need a lot of work. We need a lot of communication. Right. But in the end, it was it was positive. It was it was very good. By the way, hold on the line, Derek, because we're going to get you a book. Um, so hang on, because I want to make sure that we get you a book. So um, I, I think I think uh, what he brings up is a is a really good point. And um, even though these are really difficult re- relationships that have landmines all over the place, yeah. Um, generally speaking, most people want to support children. They want to have a good marriage. Right. Um, they want their kids or stepkids or whomever it is to end up as well or as better off as they are um, emotionally, physically, mentally, et cetera. Yeah. And so um, when it works, it's it works powerful. really well. Well, I, maybe that's like – maybe the message needs to go to parents that are going to go about doing this, mm-hmm. that love, love will conquer some things, but – so can some planning and some right. communication and, and a real focus and maybe some skills and education. I mean there's a lot of things that would set them up to be even better. Absolutely. So uh, here in Utah, um, there's a program through Utah State University that actually has been working on step family education. Yeah. Yeah. And it's shown some really, really wonderful results. So actually talking through these things before you get married, before you step your – before you create your step family, um, they've shown tremendous uh, effects. Well, and that's even so. Pr- first marriages, just dating relationships, and it, their their programs are pretty much in every kind of category you can sure. imagine. But there are hopeful signs, I guess. Right. So, take classes, learn, expect yeah. stuff. I mean, it's a choice too, right? So, right. choose that if you're going to get in and do it again, get mm-hmm. in and like get really in. <laughs> yeah, get in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. I don't know. It's it's really complicated. Do you do you have any suggestions about how soon, like when do we bring the guy into the family? So like, let's say mom's dating somebody. She's really liked him. They've been dating for five months, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's getting serious. When do when does she introduce him to the kids? Right. Because I mean, it seems like to me, if you do that too often, mm-hmm. you might mess this up even more. Sure. You're bringing too many people in. Sure, and if your kids are young enough, they're going yeah. going to think this might be the new dad. This, are you, that's what I, and you do even, that over and over again. And yeah. it's, my mom's seventy four, and I keep asking her when I'm going to get a new daddy. And she's <laughs> just told me to shut up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think after my my grandmother died, I think I got five or six uh, new you, grandmas. So did you? yeah, um, but that's another story for yeah, another time. We'll go there later. Yeah, um, I think I think. Uh, I mean, I think when it's really getting serious and you're you're seriously having that conversation about getting married and are we going to have this family? Are we going to yeah. do this? I think that's an absolutely appropriate time. Do, do you bring them in slow or do you just kind of 
Hey, here we go. We've been dating for eight months. We really love each other. We've been dating for two years. We haven't told you guys. Yeah. How do you, how do you, I guess you just have to get them. It depends on every kid, too. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on your family situation, how old your kids are. But uh, I think, generally speaking, I'm an advocate of swim lessons over throwing you in the deep end and seeing if you can sink or swim. Right. Exactly. I mean, what's the hurry? I mean, really, this is, it's almost like I always equate it to like it's an, it's an organ transplant. Mm hmm. It's either going to take or it's not, right. and yet it might take some time and some nutrients and some focus and some – it's hard. Yeah. It's hard stuff. What would you uh, – as we have about a minute or so, uh, maybe a couple minutes, talk to me about what what we need to watch out for and what what's real. So what should the real expectation of a mm-hmm. step family be? Sure. I, I, think the, I think the first thing is is that you need to realize that it's going to take time. It's going to take time for this family to coalesce and be an actual family. Um, the uh, you know there's the the famous seven year itch in marriages. Yeah. Well, there's there's also a seven year itch in in step families. Unfortunately, that oh, itch is too? that's when step families start feeling like families. Uh-huh. You're right about um, that. Right. <laughs> so um, and you know you tell people seven years and that just sounds like a really really long time. But that's not seven years of bad and then just magically. Yeah. On the seventh anniversary, it gets really, really good. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's going to take time, and it's going to get better over time. And you're going to realize how you know we we live together and and things like that. I mean, it's not going to be a biological family right off the front, right. and uh, which it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be. Step families are unique. Yeah, and we shouldn't try to to make a step family a biological family and make everyone fit and make everyone wear the same shirts in a picture right. for the holidays <laughs> right yes exactly i don't think we should ever do that but um, unless it's denim everyone looks good in denim yes i agree with that <laughs> holiday yeah. car with everybody in <laughs> denim um yeah but the second thing um I-, I would say about this is that uh that you know even as we're communicating even as we sort of outline our expectations um that it's totally okay to ask for help outside of yourself and outside of your family. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. Um, they don't. They make the mistake of not going and seeking family therapy or from a trusted um, friend yeah. or counselor, from a yeah. counselor or a, a, a member of the clergy or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You, but get the help. Get the help you need. And, and it's out there. Um, and so appreciate you, Dr. Kevin Schaefer, again. Great stuff. Uh, if you want more information from Dr. Schaefer, just go look up Dr. or Kevin Schaefer, Ph.D. You'll get right to his site at BYU, and then you can start mailing him all your questions, emailing all your questions. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion about step families and even extended step families. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, where all your dreams come true. At least it did for James and Maddie as they went on their first date, created magic 
Now they're waiting for their second date. She's already got a ring, though. So life is good. <laughs> Welcome to the program, everybody. In the house, Maddie Richard is joining us. Yes. Today we've been talking about extended, uh, we're talking about, um, what do they call them? Step, Step families. families. <laughs> and, the, you know, the impact of remarriage, it, it impacts everybody, yeah. right? But sometimes it impacts you in a weird way because it's not like your mom and dad necessarily, like they go divorce and remarry. Sometimes it's somebody even further away from you. Yeah. You know, but an that uncle, impacts you. a relative, even a family friend that yeah. gets remarried and it still affects you, but sure. not in the same way that we were talking about with Dr. Schaefer because it's not your immediate everyday life that's being changed. Right. And like, do you call, what do you call the ex, the this extended step? Yeah. Do, you, do they get the title of grandma? See, that's, and that's where that's I, that's where my whole story came in. Um, my grandpa on my, on my dad's side has been married four times. Wow. To different women. He's, he's persistent. Yes, he is. He loves being married. Um, but so... I mean, I always grew up knowing my dad's biological mother, and she was my grandma. Yeah. But I never knew her as being married to my grandfather at all. His second wife, they got divorced before my dad was 10. I didn't know her at all. Yeah. Um, But then the third grandmother, I um, the third, I guess, wife of my grandpa, I was born and she was the grandma. She was my grandpa's wife. She was my grandmother. And I only knew her as... My grandma, as for as long as I can remember, until she passed away. And then my grandpa remarried again. This was the fourth one. This was the fourth wife. And this, I mean, this very nice lady yeah. came into our family, but she wasn't my grandma. She just was a wonderful woman. Who was married to my grandpa. The spouse. This is grandpa's wife. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's just different rules and different dynamics that you have to be careful of. They always impressed upon us. Um, he and my he he and his wife always, you know, this is grandma Carolyn. This is grandma, and she yeah. to me and my siblings did not feel like our grandmother, and it just was a very hard thing to um, feel close because I mean they just weren't. We didn't really talk about what the dynamic was yeah. going to well, be. That's, and and then you had already built you a know, relationship, a relation, and that title. Already meant something. That yeah, she that my wasn't... my grandma was dead. Yeah. <laughs> this lady wasn't my grandma. My yeah. grandma was dead. Maybe, Sorry. maybe you need it like uh, grandma too. Yeah, grandma yeah. revisited. Yeah, exactly. So um, I've just you know gleaned on some of my experiences yeah. and um, put together a little list of for extended families what you can do to try and make it a little bit easier, cool. a little bit more cohesive. Yeah. Um, the first one is be equal. You're a family now, and so. You, it's important to try and treat all of the grandkids the same, even though they might not be your biological That's, ones. Especially if you want the title of grandma. Yeah, if you want to get to that point. If you want to be called then, something else, then treat them in an unequal way. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you don't just say grandkids sleep over and over only have your biological grandchildren there. Yeah. You don't get all of your biological grandchildren big presents on their birthday and give the other ones cash. Isn't that interesting? But, but I think that that's... They're just trying to make it easy. So yeah. all grandparent mine, you grandparent yours. Yeah, and the, yeah. and even for, for aunts and uncles or, or neighbors where you don't maybe spend as much time, um, it's important to, you know, still try and create a relationship with the people that aren't your biological relatives sure. or else they're always going to know you as Uncle Keith's wife Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, That's so interesting. The next one I have is let them call you what they are wanting to call you. 
Yeah. So or for me, I really Kike. wish. I think Kike is yeah. a perfect default. Oh, that's perfect. Grandma I, or Kike. I really wish that my my grandma, my grandpa's wife, had had just been okay with us calling her Carolyn, because mm-hmm. that was her name. To me, that she was a wonderful person, but she wasn't my grandmother. Yeah. And maybe you know, for a younger kid, yeah, they might the want to call ones, you grandma. Right, right. And you need to be okay with that. That you don't need to say I'm Aunt Vicky yeah. or whatever. You know, you can be grandma to them if they're yeah. little enough. And but I think that's a hard conversation to have, but an important one to identify. Okay, what what, what am I supposed? What would you like to call me? <laughs> but I found that that's even important. Like when you get married, what do you call your in laws? Are you supposed yeah. to call your mother in law mom? And that's I think it's different. Yeah. I don't know that I would ever want to do that. But my sister in law calls my. My whole family, grandma, mom, dad, grandpa. Yeah. I made and they up love nicknames it. for them and then I just use the nickname. And see, and that's, I mean, it's an awkward conversation to kind of no, have. It is. it is. But for the rest of your life, you're going to be grateful that's that right. you have established what that's we right. call each other. I love that. That's good. Um, the next one is get to know each child individually. This was so <laughs> huge for me. Because um, she's got to know your name. She know she my, know my grandpa's wife age. knew our names. Yeah. Um, but I think she wasn't sure how old we were. Yeah. Um, Based on – my grandpa would always bring us gifts when he would come. And my his third wife, my, my real grandma, my grandma Betty, knew us so well. She would bring these huge packets of sticker books when we yeah. were seven years old. And, you know, seven-year-olds love that. I, she brought me an By entire way, makeup kit. James, write these down. <laughs> these are things you can bring her. She brought Stickers, she got us an entire kits. makeup kits and they brought funny hats and uh-huh. it was she, was she into just you, knew yeah. exactly what we needed. By the time my grandpa got remarried, we were all a little bit older. And um she I bless her heart, she's a wonderful person, but she brought me I was probably fourteen and she bought me a plastic pottery wheel that wow. was like ages three to seven or something. Oh wow. I guess that's and, better than a crock pot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fourteen I might have preferred a crock pot. Um and then I mean, she just brought these funny yeah. presents that um, – she brought my parents a plate with pigs sticking out of it. It's really scary looking. Mm-hmm. A pig And plate. she just didn't I, – I just didn't feel like she really no, – you don't know us. Tried to yeah. – and didn't really make a – they didn't live in the same state. She didn't try and make a huge effort to get a note to know yeah. us, which was then reflected in the ways that she was trying to win our affection by bringing us things, which right. is so nice. But if you're going to do it – But if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't slap us in the face. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that then again, that's just that's just – Attention. Yeah, you have to pay attention yeah. if you're go- if you and want to try to convince them. I mean, them. we talk to my grandpa on the phone probably once a week. I don't remember ever talking to Carolyn on the phone. It's she huge. just would let my grandpa talk. You mean to grandma? My... No, well, no. <laughs> she would just let my grandpa talk to us yeah. and his grandkids, and then she just didn't really try to play that active of a role, yeah. which is hard for a, a teenager to wonder. Okay, this person wants to come spend the weekend at my house when they're visiting, but she doesn't want to talk to me on the phone. Yeah. When, no, it's when real. Call. And it's you hard. cannot not communicate. Exactly. So you got you got the sense she didn't care. Um, yeah, exactly. So the uh, some other things that I thought of is don't try to be competitive with other how the yeah. grandparents were, the other grandparents yeah. involved. There's no need to be in competition with them. Yeah. And th- there's no point. Um and to don't expect to fall in love with each other overnight. Right. Just expect that, okay, we're going to slow. This is like, it's like dating. Yeah. You don't fall in love with the person on the first date. Uh, James? Well, except for me and James. Yeah. But that's, anyway. But that, that's, why else would we, why would we think you would? Just because they're married yeah. doesn't mean, it's still a relationship. Yeah, you still so have to So she should sit down and talk it. and find out and uh-huh. learn about your career and everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then just the last point that I have that's important for everyone involved in 
the mixing of families is take a seat, not a side. Mm. So instead of, you know, coming to family dinners and being angry at – I mean if, 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 if you're the grandma and your child got remarried and you don't like their new spouse, the kids are going to see that. Oh, yeah. But see, this works with in-laws. This works with extended. Exactly. This works with everybody. Take a seat, not a side. Yeah, you're not here representing a clan. Yeah, you don't need to. And I mean, it's just going to affect kids. Yeah. It's going to affect the teenagers. Yeah. It's going to affect their the new adult relationship. If you're taking sides and not – your role is to be supportive. That's, That's right. it. That's right. And love and, and just use yeah. and understand and get to know people. That's all you have to do. Well done. Thank you. Maddie Richard. Thank you. You nailed it. I did. Thank we need you. to get you some theme music. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd really love that. Something that goes with Richard. James? Mary Tyler Moore. Let's I think some look. like French music would be great. Um, we'll work on that. Okay, well so. done. Thank you. We're taking a break. When we come back, Sarah Gowans is going to be with us. She's going to, uh, she herself is living this, you know, step world as we speak. Blending families, you know, creating a step family. She's going to give us the ins and the outs on that. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. Back. More on Step Families right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, Sarah Gowans is joining us. Now, Sarah's been on the show before as one of our contributors. Uh, She graduated from Ricks College, which is now BYU-Idaho. She has a degree in elementary education and is a certified foot zoonologist. Close enough. Yeah, not even close. But if you remember, um, Jenny Layton uh, has a blog called The Happy Gal. And that blog, let's just be real, Sarah, I mean, you're the one really running that blog. Well, you keep saying that. I try to make her think that she's running it. Oh, yeah. It, well, that's, but... by the way, that's a very good <laughs> idea because then they'll just keep, you know, giving you whatever you want. Yep, exactly. And you brought us some treats. I did. I brought you some Happy Gal healthy snacks. Oh, wow. So We're, it's, out, it's get straight away, get out away, of the cookbook. How come, how come Maddie? Now, you're, you're friends with Maddie. I am. Did you know that Maddie, Maddie got engaged? Maddie and I go way back. She got engaged Well, James and I are going to have a chat about that later. Ooh, those look happy. So those are those are homemade uh, protein bars. So chocolate protein bars. Now my mouth is watering. <laughs> so Sarah, fill me in on this because you, not only do you run, not only do you cycle, do yoga, hiking, you do everything, and you remarried Joe. I did. Who, I by the way, that guy. is an incredible husband because he comes every time you're here. He'll show up with you. I know. Is he a bodyguard? <laughs> well, I was telling Maddie on the way in, we bring him to keep you in line, Matt. Well, it's not working. <laughs> it doesn't work. But you, so poor Joe, maybe that's not the way to phrase it. Joe marries you. You have um, four wonderful daughters. Mm-hmm. So Joe inherits five beautiful women. He does. Yeah. And he's now the step. Mm-hmm. He's the stepdaddy. Yay! And he seems very content and happy. Um, what What do we need to know about blending these families? You've done it. You know how hard this is. Yeah, and it is hard. I, I We were um, listening to you guys talk as we came down here. Yeah. And after listening to those statistics, I'm wondering... It's scary, huh? Wow, what the heck were we thinking? <laughs> I know, but this was... Is this Joe's first marriage, Joe? See, so Joe, Joe's got great odds. It's you well, I'm worried about, Sam. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sarah, this is your okay. So this is going to be harder, right? This is a second marriage, but yeah. it doesn't like we were talking about. It can be incredible, and you'll make it great. That's what I'm here to talk about because yeah. I it. It, it's interesting to me because I listen to those odds and they actually surprise me because yeah. they surprised us and even even the academics are surprised. Yeah. He thought that that was a typo and then no. Yeah, that's a real deal. And I I can I get it because it is hard. Yeah, I mean, it is hard. And I've talked to a lot of people this week leading up to this discussion because I know many people who are in step family situations and we've kind of been having a discussion and a lot of them have said I mean one friend of mine said crazy is the word that oh, that's he would a great use word, yeah. just cra- he said everything is crazy you say any word just put crazy in front of it and that's <laughs> what it is but he's in a situation where they have they're blending two they both have two kids entire so they families. have seven kids oh, and so the oldest is, is like crazy 12 or 13 or something yeah. so anyway um, it, it is hard. I mean, you're dealing with stuff from, you know, at least for me, I'm dealing with stuff from my previous relationship. I'm still healing oh, yeah. from that and yeah. dealing with it. And I, we dated for a while because as I tried to work through that and luckily for me, Joe is very patient. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> and so, you know, and, but one of the biggest things, Matt, that I think is so huge is communication. Yeah. And I have been really, really open and honest with Joe as we've gone through this process and I'll tell him, you know what, I am struggling today. I don't, I'm struggling with trust right now. And by the way, that was a big thing that a lot of people brought up when I, when we were talking about it, um, is dealing with trust. So, um, I think just communication is so huge. Do you you think it, cause it seems like once, you know, uh, once you're all yearning, and you're all charged up, and I won't. I'll just use you and Joe because you're right here. Um, but once the chemistry's flowing, then all of a sudden, it almost it might make all of this seem. Sure, it's going to be crazy, mm-hmm. but that's okay because we're crazy in love, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it looks so cute, and it's so cute. Oh, it's so cute! And then eventually, the cuteness kind of fades, and it's like this is just crazy. Yeah. Um, have you? Is that what your feet? I mean, not you don't have to tell us about yours, but that'd be fun. <laughs> Just as a voyeur. I'll tell you. You know what? That's an interesting thing, actually, because um, when I got married the first time, I was 19. Yeah, you were young. I was. And I was completely following my heart, and my head was nowhere to be found. Right. Right? I just was, like, going with how Go I felt, and yeah. I didn't know. I was so naive. And and that's okay. Sure. I mean, you know, it's okay. It was what it was. But um, this time around, it was almost the opposite. Where yeah, slow and steady. <laughs> I was... I, I was excited and in love and all of that, but it was more, I had to look at it with my brain this time because mm-hmm. I knew, yeah, I know about that, but I know that it fades. And That's I know true. That- <laughs> you also have four kids, so yeah. you almost have to protect at another level. Like, okay. Oh, I was protecting yeah, all of the Chemistry aside, yeah. you got to be thinking yep. straight. So I knew the chemistry was there, but I didn't pay attention to it. Uh-huh. And I was analyzing him. Oh, poor Joe. <laughs> right and left. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to make sure in my head that I knew, yeah. you know, is this um, logistically going to be a smart thing for me to do? Not right. because I'm in love or whatever. And I was. Yeah. But um, I wanted to just try to be smart about it and, and just, you know, look at what have counselors, because I did a ton of counseling. Did you? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. to kind of get closure, to figure out you, because you've got to be stable. Mm-hmm. To make a remarriage work, it's, it's, it all begins with you. If yeah. your foundation's messed up, Absolutely. And we build upon it. It's just going to collapse. And that was one of the biggest things that I learned through my divorce process was um, 
there's so many things that are out of your control. Yeah. And so all you can do is control yourself. Right. And that was a huge lesson for me to learn. And I spent a ton of time just working on me. That's great. And, um, and like I said, you know, when we started dating, I, he said, I've been waiting forever for someone like you. I want to get married. You yeah, know? <laughs> he's like, let's get this party started. But um, I told him, I said, I need time to make sure that I'm healthy and that this is what I want. And he was so patient. And well, just... that's a good sign, though, probably to watch out for anybody that's in too big of a hurry. They may not get the magnitude of this decision. A remarriage is a complete because you don't remarry a person. You don't I mean, you don't marry a person. Joe married a family. He did. He married four women and you, five women that he's now he can't mess with. You know, he can't hurt them emotionally. So, I mean, there's it's complex. Yeah, and I was protective as a mother of four daughters of bringing a man into the home. Oh, sure. I was really protective about that, and so I did background checks. Yeah, did you? That a girl? <laughs> I did. Absolutely, I did. Yeah, you had a SWAT stop it. <laughs> Frisk him. And I found out his dad was actually a judge, so oh, yeah, I, Saul's good. I, it was all, everything's labeled. <laughs> how, how, long, uh, how long did you kind of, how did you slow it down? How did you do that? Did you, you just date it over a longer period of time? Well, what did you do? Other it, than background checks and then <laughs> mafiosos beating him up. <laughs> Stuff um, like that. Luckily for us, we lived an hour apart because he actually lived in Oh, I actually love that idea. Uh-huh. And I live Because that just in inherently slows everything yep. down. And so it was kind of like just an automatic break for That's us. Great. And we needed it because the chemistry was flying yeah, between us. Yeah, it was. And we were crazy in love. And so it was good because we would o- really only see each other on the weekends. That's good. And and then during the week, we'd just talk on the phone. How long till you introduced him to the girls? Oh, that's kind of a topic we this. talked about he, earlier. He tells me it was too soon. <laughs> <laughs> too soon for him or for, for you or him. for the girls? <laughs> I, Matt, my personality is, I, you know, you were talking about um, throw them in the deep end. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I, I am a deep end kind of girl. <laughs> They'll figure it out. <laughs> I, it was pretty quick. I think a, two months. Was it two months? He's holding but That's up. two months of you guys having a lot of chemistry, really yeah. connected it was two months, and, and my kids teased me because I was kind of being sneaky about it at first. I didn't yeah. even want them to know that I was dating. Well, they thought you were probably doing drugs or something. And they're, my girls <laughs> are older. Away they're teenagers, and, oh, they so are. they teenagers yeah. think they're really smart. Where's mom? I don't know. I know. <laughs> She's just gone for a day. I, well, I would go when they were with their dad. Oh, there you go. See? You are so sneaky. I was sneaky. But they figured it out pretty quick, and so um, we would have discussions about it. And one of the things actually I wanted to talk about was I think that's so important is to talk to your kids about what's going on. I do too. So I joke that I was being sneaky, but really we had tons of discussions about it. Mama's in love. Mama found (laughs) fuego. (laughs) Well, not that exactly, but yeah, we would just talk about, I would ask them how they felt about it. You know, how would you feel if mom had a boyfriend? Yeah. What were they saying? Gross. Well, cool. Each of them were different. They each... You know, they're all so different, and so they each handled it in a different way. And my youngest, in fact, was funny because when we were first dating, um, well, not we'd been dating a while, but he would finally get to the point where he would kiss me in front mm. of the kids. And he gave me a kiss one time. We were on a bike ride, and <laughs> my youngest, she was a ways b- behind us, and she yells, Joe, get away from my mom! <laughs> and he's just like, 
Okay, sorry. Oh, my heavens. So That sounded like my wife's mother when I would (laughs) kiss her. Get away from my daughter. But now she, I mean, so, you know, we've been married almost a year now, and and she absolutely adores him and has said, I'm okay with it. You know, so they each handle it in a different way, but then they work through it. Well, I love it because it's... It's positive. It's it's a sign. It can work. Oh yeah, it can work, yeah. and and they'll adapt. I found kids are incredibly adaptable, yep. and but it's the adults that have a hard time. It really is, and especially when we don't do little things like you keep saying, like talking mm-hmm. and bringing up the subject, letting them kind of clear yeah. their heads on it. And it's it's not like the fix has to be today, but we talk about it. What would it? Yeah. How would it feel if mommy was dating somebody? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? Then give them a, little, a few days to kind of clear that out of their head. Talk about it again. Clear yeah. it, and eventually they'll yeah. get used to the idea. Yeah. And if not, you just kiss in front of him, and that just ends it. <laughs> and that the funny thing was that was hard for Joe because he's not one that loves public affection yeah, anyway. And so right. was, I kept telling him, You're "No, like, you need to do that yeah. because I want them to see that that's okay." I think that's great. Anyway, so Man. yeah, it was kind of funny. We're talking with Sarah Gowans, uh, who again is is the 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 queen of the Happy Gal blog. Jenny Layton. You like be mad. to get me in I trouble. Know, I don't know. It's you just know fun. how but amazing Jenny is. She's incredible. She is incredible. And you both, I guess, she's the one that came up with this recipe that you're about incredible. to try. I'm about to try. I have to move them because all I do is I smell that, <laughs> and I can't stop my mouth from watering. We'll be back more with Sarah Gowans here talking about step families, and again, um, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments, questions, give us a call. one eight five five chat byu one eight five five chat byu or tweet us at BYU Radio. We're talking step families. More with Sarah Gowans right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about step families and how do you, you know, effectively, successfully blend families together. It's a major part of our lives today. Divorce, hate to tell you, it's a reality. And uh, so if we're going to remarry, instead of just remarrying and hoping it all works out, wouldn't it make more sense to, to do what works in the house is Sarah Gowans. She is a uh, she has a degree in elementary education. She is the um, the the writer and director extraordinaire, manager slash blogger from the website thehappygal.com. It's an awesome blog. It's a killer blog. Yeah. Hey, um, by the way, not just killer, but I like the graphics so much. Do you? I'm going after That's your we have graphics awesome person. graphics people. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm trying to track them down. Sweet. You won't be disappointed. I need you to make a call for me. <laughs> hey, but uh, I don't have enough on my plate. I know, like Jenny's you don't. tasks for me. No. Well, <laughs> no, Jenny, by the way, Jenny Layton, you work with Jenny on the blog. Mm-hmm. Jenny Layton's also a contributor. And by the way, Sarah, you got this good looking guy behind you. I do. And it's not Sean O'Neill, even though he's good looking too. I got good looking guys all around I me. I know you do. Well, <laughs> That was so true. Um, but Joe's here. Joe's not only your bodyguard, but he's your lover, your your <laughs> husband extraordinaire. He's your the father now of uh, four beautiful girls. He got thrown in the deep end, Matt. He's the bodyguard. Yep. 
He did get thrown in. He did. Any buyer's remorse, Joe? You don't have to use a mic. He just gives us a big head shake. No. But then he just slumped down into his chair. Once exhausted. in a while, I find him in the fetal position in the That's closet, a, but not like too often. Whimpering. No. <laughs> <laughs> they scare me. They scare me. Um, so here's the deal. You have blended a family. You remarried. Yep. Joe uh, didn't have any uh, – he didn't have – he had never married before, so he didn't have his own little brood his that he was posse. bringing along. He did not bring a posse. Which I, we were talking about in the break. I think is actually – what a blessing for your girls to, mm-hmm. to have – I think it's really cool to have two men that are there to protect you. Yeah. And the, my girls are so lucky because their dad, even though he and I are divorced, he's an awesome dad. Yeah. He is and, totally involved. And that and, can totally be and, – and you guys can even be good being done. And he can still be a great dad. Yep. And Joe can be a great dad. And that's, that's why the thing. So my, my second oldest just turned 16 this week and had her first date. And oh. so I was uh, saying she's she's got – this guy's got two dads oh, he's yeah. got to get through. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which is, by the way, according to you guys, like two background checks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll teach her how to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I would hate to be somebody dating one of your kids. <laughs> the shakedown, the background checks. So what else have you learned about blending families? What are some rules we should watch out for? What's advice you'd give? Okay, so um, one of the things that I think is really important is as um, – a parent is to not talk negatively in front totally. of your kids about the other, about your ex-spouse. Oh, yeah. I just think that's so huge. And so that was one rule I set up for myself and, and my ex-husband and I, too, when we, you know, we're figuring things out or whatever. Yeah. We just both agreed we're not going to do it. And he doesn't do it that I know of. Right. And I don't either. And I think that really benefits the kids. Oh, yeah. Well, the... You can't talk bad about the kid's father without kind of talking bad about them. Yep. And that's what I was going to say is they will take on because they feel connected to both of you. And so when you do that, they take it on and go, oh, well, I'm a lot like dad. So am I like that too? And so that's one thing. My mom would even say, oh, you sound like your father. And she wasn't being mean, but like my voice right then literally just sounded like my father's. And she'd say it. And then I'd think, well, that sounded bad. Yeah. (laughs) Because my dad sounds cool. Yeah, but interesting. It's weird. It's just a subtle little. Yeah, it's just a phrase. Yeah, so that's one thing. Just keeping it positive, yeah. and um, in any way, just energetically, that's good. To, if you're trying to heal a relationship, because obviously, if you're divorced, there's some issues there. There's been pain, <laughs> right? And some hurt, and so there's some healing that needs to happen. And so, staying positive and and just looking at you know moving forward and sure all of that jazz, um, it's just helpful to create a positive relationship moving forward. Um, and like you said, to invest in some therapy if you need it. You need oh, to get closure. You huge, need to move on. Yes. I'm and you also may have become codependent. You may have become a yes person. You may have lost your identity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you got to find yeah. before you can go invest in another relationship. Yeah. And then another thing that I've learned that I, I think is good for me is that I tried to um, – it's, it's good to have – similar households. And what I mean in that is when you've got a divorce situation, you've got two different households that the kids are living in. Um, It's good to try to be as consistent as possible in each household so that that consistency just benefits them. But um, what I had to learn is it's not going to be the same in both houses. (laughs) I drove myself crazy for a while trying to just make sure every rule was the same. And I expected my ex-husband to, you know, can you please follow through on what we agreed on? And, and it just... I was driving myself crazy. And so... Which is, just, by the way, one of the reasons you probably divorced him. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens is there was already contention 
and tension yeah. and differences. Well, and even when we were married, we had different parenting Absolutely. styles. Absolutely. You always will. Not necessarily that con- it had right. anything to do with the divorce, no. but we just had different, we have That's different right. personalities and different parenting yeah. styles. And so that, the reason I bring that up is I've heard a few people, as I asked them, what do you think is hard about blending families? And they say it's so hard to deal with the exes and what's going on in that other house or whatever. And yeah. I've just learned you got to let it go. Let so, it go. Yeah. Just thank you, James. <laughs> just don't try to expect it to be the same. And no. I think it's still good to try to like set some basic, you know, well, things and timelines, guidelines. What time we go to bed? What right. our hygiene should be? We should all brush our teeth. Yeah. And that's what, by the way, when I was a divorce mediator, we would sit down and that was the parenting plan. We'd co-create a really effective parenting plan that we would all agree to. Mm-hmm. Now, we, it doesn't have all the details of the day to day, but we might agree that with certain movies, our kids shouldn't be watching certain time frames they still might go to church we how we're going to do this how we mm-hmm. hand them off yeah all that's helpful yeah that's good yeah so another one this kind of has to do with the kids again um is to give your kids permission to love the other spouse mm. that was a big one for me because um i wanted my kids to feel like you know what it's okay if i i don't have to pick a side Right, and so when we and this is just for us, I know this probably doesn't work for a lot for everyone, but for us, we choose this is that when we have an event that involves the kids, um, we sit together at that event so that the kids. I said to myself when I was getting divorced, I never want the kids to have to choose yeah. mom or dad, That's and so such... we sit. Um, and I couldn't do this in the beginning. It's something sure. that I've had to You've work matured into it. Yeah, yeah, and heal and all of that, but. Um, so when there's events that has to do with the kids where we're coming to support them, we sit and we put the kids between us so that, you know, we yeah, don't yeah. have to sit next yeah. to each other. It's not but, that awkward. <laughs> but the kids, the point is the kids don't have to choose. That's great. Should I go sit with mom or should I go well, sit with dad? or which end zone? Because parents <laughs> sit in different end zones and after the game, the kid's like, ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go sit by each other. That's yeah. huge. So. That yeah, was... I mean, it's almost like get out of yourself, parent. I mean, this is about the kids. So if you're choosing to divorce, then make it about the kids and mm-hmm. make it easy for them to not have to look at two different sides of a field, two different sides of yeah. anything. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So that just benefited them. Um, and I think another thing that's really important when you're trying to blend a family, because it is crazy. It yeah. is, I mean, oh. even in our situation where we didn't bring in new kids that were trying to blend with each right. other or deal with, you know, a, a former spouse of Joe's or something like that, that doesn't exist for us. But um, it's still crazy and there's lots going on. And I think it's so important that you make your new relationship a priority. What I mean by that is Joe and I have to take time and we have a date night once a week. Joe time. Yeah. Where we're working on our relationship. And I think that's so crucial because with everything that's going on, you can lose your relationship. And that's crucial to every relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you know how many marriages would be saved if we just made couple time? Yeah. But we don't. And the research shows it helps, it benefits in every way. So even more so when you remarry, huh? Oh, even more so. Yeah. And and that was something that, you know, I did in my first marriage and, and I see it even more that it's needed now because you've got more dynamics coming in. And yeah. so, yeah, well, that's, I've noticed that because every time you show up at the show, Joe's here. And I'm like, that's just Joe time. This you're down here. Joe works down here. He so does. he's like, I may as well be with my, my honey. And then he comes in and he makes sure none of us touches. You. We get it. <laughs> 
That's really cool. He just, he just has. He a, loves you. He just wants well, to. Well, I you. think it's you, Matt. I think he oh, just has a little celebrity. Ah, like, Joe. come on, <laughs> come on, Joe. But honestly, to me, that's that is that's supreme. That is the goal. That if we love each other, we ought to act like it. We ought to work like it. We ought to think like it. I mean, do you know yeah. how many times? It's just so easy to to just let the important little things, just little connections go. And the minute those start, the minute Joe's not showing up anymore, I won't Uh-oh. worry. Oh, poor Joe. <laughs> now like, you're going to have to be here every Pressure. time. <laughs> um, that's cool. What else have you learned? Anything else we need to know? Well, we, last time I was here, we talked about forgiveness. Yes, we and did. And I, I, you can't – I mean that is so, so key. And that's something that I've been working on and am still working on. And I just – you can't move on without that. So, that's and forgiving big. not just even your ex per se, but also maybe forgiving yourself. Absolutely. Because now you're like these kids. Now they have to go to two places, and yeah. I remember um, you. I remember feeling so bad when my mom. I'd leave my mom like on Christmas or whatever, and I knew she didn't have anyone there. Mm. And that's a stress. But see, so really good co-parenting and blending this stuff together. You. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta let stuff go. You can't, and you gotta get your life. You've gotta get yeah. a life. Everyone's gotta get their life going. Because don't you think a healthy, a healthy remarriage is probably one of the best things you can give the kids? That was one of the things I wanted to bring up because I've had people say, "I feel guilty for getting remarried because I'm taking away from the kids," and I wanted to say that person. Oh my gosh, it's the total opposite right. because you're giving them a gift because now you're creating hopefully a healthy relationship. And I tell Joe all the time, let's, you know, create a really healthy, strong, good um marriage yeah. and show the kids what that looks like and they can see you as a, you know, a positive father figure and they their dad is involved in their life, yeah. but in another, another you one. know, another What's the one. Harm there, right? Um and just that to me that's a gift that you can give to your kids. So don't look at it as feeling guilty that you're bringing someone else in and sure. taking time away from the kids. You're blessing their lives and giving them a gift by creating that good, strong, healthy marriage it. to show them. Well, so. you're doing it. You're actually living it. You're walking your talk. Yeah. we. I I was talking to the, the girls last night and I asked my 12-year-old, I said, so tell me, how do you feel about Joe, you know, being your stepdad and and what are your thoughts on it? And she said, well, he's just like a regular dad. And I didn't cool. even tell Joe that she said that until he just heard that for the first time. But that to me was awesome. Yeah. What, what more do you want to hear? What are you talking about, mom? He's just yeah. like a regular dad. Yeah. And that's a huge compliment. That's money. To, yeah. It was awesome. She did say the one, because remember it was five girls in the house until oh, yeah. he came along. So she did say the only thing that's awkward is I can't just walk around after the shower now. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> she, and you know, honey, so, that, eventually you're not going to be able to do that. Anyway. I know. <laughs> So, that's so great. I thought that was funny. But really when that I mean what that's the ultimate compliment. And then you're you're just like a regular dad and then eventually it'll be like so I assume you'll give me money like a regular <laughs> dad, Joe. Oh, just, they hit him up. Do they hit him oh, up? Oh, they already. Is he is he a softy? Yes. Is absolutely. He? Oh, Joe's he, a bank. See cuz I'm a healthy eater and yeah. I don't buy junk food and pop and whatever. So they go to the store with him. <laughs> And they, oh my gosh, Joe. they come home with stuff, and I'm like, "Are you? You're spoiling him, Joe. <laughs> that's cool. No, he's a good stepdaddy. You guys are living it. That's the that's the deal. So that's the hope we want everyone to have is you can make it healthy. Oh, so yeah, it's awesome. We have a great family dynamic, and that's the kids cool. are happy, and we're happy, and and I don't want to. It's hard, and it 
it was a work to get to that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the hard but, part. But it's, you can do it. Well, best of luck to you. Thanks. We'll have you back, of course. Good. I'm I mean, glad. considering you are the manager of the Happy Gal blog <laughs> and that you let Jenny work with you. That's great. Yeah, I let her. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Thanks again to Sarah Gowans and Joe for being great role models in uh, blending and merging these fam- this family together. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about uh, Disney's step parents. Sean, our movie expert, is going to put together, uh, I guess, a little lesson for us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. That is the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, We've been talking about step families today, and, you know, we wanted to, I guess, go a little deeper into the Disney impact on step parenting. Is that right, Sean O'Neill? Of course. Who who else has... They seem to give it a bad name. (laughs) Seem? They they always throw the word wicked. Stepmother. Well, evil... Evil stepmother. stepmother. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of evil stepfathers, though. They're kind of like just dumb oh, kings, are they? Well, I, I actually kind of ex- – that that title is a misnomer for this segment, actually, okay. because I kind of expanded this into all media. Oh, really? Yeah. All, well, movies, because I found this sur- – this I don't know if it's a survey or a study, but um, Stephen Claxton Oldfield and Bonnie Butler hmm. – um, Stephen Clack, Stephen Oldfield is from uh, St. Francis Xavier University. Okay. Uh, Bonnie Butler from Sir Wilfred Grenfell College, Memorial University of Newfoundland. Wow. They actually did a study, the portrayal of step-parents in movie plot summaries. Okay. Uh, so this is the impact of... The, the the roles that step parents play yes. in the movies. Mm-hmm. Cool. What they, uh, they what did they find out? I bet they're mostly negative. Well, in their summary, um, they talk about the wicked step parent stereotype has been linked to a number of possible sources, most notably fairy tales such as Snow White, mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel, Cinderella. Disney has yet to do a Hansel and Gretel story, as far as I know. Good. Um, but usually in these tales, it's the stepmother who behaves wickedly. I know, and that's just as I look at Sarah Gowans here. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, she's step not a stepmother. I know, I know, but I'm like, it doesn't seem like the woman. That's the role. I mean, come on, women mm-hmm. are so nice. Yeah. Well, you have Snow White's mom, who tried to poison her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, earlier, James had. I mean, um, Aaron had the the cut from Cinderella's Cinderella. stepmom. Yeah. Who gave her just a list of everything to do. Yeah. And then we have Hansel and Gretel's stepmother. Do you remember the story there? What did Hansel and Gretel's stepmother do? Um, didn't she send him off to do something? Actually, she persuaded the father to abandon his children in the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's bad parenting. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just bad parenting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But you know what? But he did. He did it. Yes. What a loser. See? I know. Oh, man. And they, they also mentioned that stepfathers have generally escaped portrayal in fairy tales. Well, and I think it might have something to do with just our natural instinct to mm-hmm. be good. Although, although there is a stepfather in the Dickens uh, David Copperfield yeah. that is not too nice from what I understand. Hmm. 
So this what's kind of depressing? Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, here's what they did. Uh, they went to IMDb. Yeah. One of my favorite websites ever. The Internet Explain Movie what Database. That, yeah, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, IMDb.com. If you want to know anything about a movie, that's that's the place to go. Any movie ever in the history of all galaxies. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. But anyway, they went there and they they searched uh, plot summaries for movies. Um, and they used the keyword stepfather, stepmother. So they found a list of them. Hmm. And they got 34 plot summaries, including a stepfather, and 21 plot summaries, including a stepmother. Ooh. So uh, they looked at those, and they found that 58 and two-tenths percent of the 55 plot summaries portrayed the step-parent in negative terms. Really? So about 60 percent were portrayed portrayed the steps as yes. negatives. Okay. And 41.8 percent contained no evaluative comments regarding the step-parents. They're just neutral. Yeah. Were they more, more male or female negative, as um, they say? Well, being they had more, more male. Well, they had more male summaries. Yeah. But they said, you know, in their summary, they said that the the stepfather is usually not found in fairy tales. I'm not sure if if moms or dads were more negative or not. Hmm. Well, that's that's interesting. But still, I I bet if we went out into the real world, I have a stepmother. She's a wonderful woman. Yeah. Incredible woman. But can you so never so, considered that she would she would make my father leave me in the desert uh, somewhere? Yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm so sure who they are some of the it. other step parents in media that you can remember? Michael Brady, exactly the Brady Bunch. Yeah, Michael. I think what was people her name? I think people ignore that one actually. Yeah, they do because yeah. they they just think oh well they were a family they're yeah. they're together but in the in in the whole uh, beginning monologue of the show, or the the whole theme song of the show. Yeah, they met each other and then married and blended a family together. Yeah, and it's weird because we never heard what happened to their fathers. I guess there was never visitation, so they I must have know. both had. They must have both been widows. That's the that's the guess anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, other than the Brady Bunch, can you think of any, Sarah? Well, the only one it was a movie, and I can't remember what it was called. It had Susan Sarandon in it. It was about. A step. It's what called was it step. Called? It's called stepmother. Stepmother. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Susan of. Sarandon yeah. and Julia. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That is Julia actually Roberts a... was the stepmom. Yes. Mm. But um, that Sarah's... one ended up okay though. Yeah. Susan Sarandon's character uh, was passing away in that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she was trying to teach Julia yes. Roberts' character. It's how a very. It's a sweet a movie. Yeah. What What was the name of that movie um, about the divorced parents? Um, Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, there's that one. Was that in I don't know that there's step parents involved in that one because that, they're going through the divorce I think there at that was time. A, there was an infidelity thing. I'm going on there. The one that I remember, and and this has been done twice actually, is um, see if you can remember it. The first one was with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda, hmm. and the second one uh, now I cannot remember the actress's name, but uh, and uh, I can't remember the actor's name either. Darn it! Uh, but it's yours, mine, and ours. Yeah. Yeah. They blended together a family and they had I think 20 kids. Yeah. In the fam- in the ended up blended family. Yeah, that was the one where he was a it wasn't he in the military like yes, a Navy Yes, he was in guy. the military, exactly. What what about the other one um the movie with uh Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap. Parent Trap. Oh, parent yes. Trap, parent right. Trap. <laughs> the dad the dad is actually dating yeah. a woman at that point. It was the kids that were naughty in that one. Exactly. Yeah. But see, that's that's just that's cathartic. 
the they kids want... get to rebel and yeah. go and yeah, create havoc. <laughs> well, by That's the way, like our audio Lin- team. Lindsay Lohan did not originate that character. No, that was. Can you name who did? The other little red. Here's some girl. trivia for you. <clears throat> yeah, come on, Polly. Oh man, I there know. you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> What's her name? I don't remember. Pollyanna. What's her name? I can't remember. Haley Mills. It's Haley, I was going to say Mills. Haley Mills. Haley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we've learned what, Sean? We've learned that most step parents in the media are not portrayed in a good way, and they really aren't so bad. No, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. They're good people. Also, a step bad stepmother, Ella Enchanted, mm. in that story. Yes. Hey, here's a quote for you. For all parents, for all people that ever get near anybody, be somebody who makes everybody feel like somebody. Be somebody who makes everybody feel like somebody. That's the, like grand, that. that's the step-parent rule of the day. We're going to take a break. Actually, we're out of here. That's the end of the show, folks. Tomorrow, Speaker of the House from the Utah um, Legislature, Becky Lockhart, will be joining us. She'll be talking to us about community service in uh, order to celebrate this upcoming holiday. Thanks again for listening to us. And remember, keep looking for the good in the world. You step parents, keep up the great work. We honor you. Keep loving your kids and uh, everyone that is in the family. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're out of here, right here, listening to us. Thanks for listening to us on BYU Radio.